When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast where it's hip to be a bear. Oh, like like Huey Lewis and the News. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm Mike Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most lukewarm <laughs> reaction. Any okay? Uh, I'm Kyle Getz, and we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today, today, uh, thanks to Patreon, we are talking about hairdressers. We're going to talk about hairdressers, yeah, and not math <laughs> you all have given me a gift of i thought i was sure that was gonna okay but you are on continue your role of i guess we'll talk about all this later my reign of terror continues yeah yeah mike is just deciding the episodes left and right um, um but 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 first I, I i definitely i want to i want to say i am in india you can see all of the india behind me which doesn't help because this is an audio medium i hear it now yeah <laughs> <laughs> if it sounds weird, it's because I am literally on the other side of the planet right now in yeah. Hyderabad, India. And yeah. uh, it's you are also... drinking coffee. I am drinking wine. These <laughs> are the times that we've got. <laughs> yeah, it, that's not the first time that's happened, though. I that's think. true. That's very true. I've, I think there have been recording sessions where I moved from coffee to wine in during it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah can confirm. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm So I'm, I'm exhausted. It's 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> how's, yeah, how's your traveling been, Mike? I guess we can um, talk about that when we record the uh, the Patreon monthly bonus episode, which we do every month. And we instead of doing the news, we talk about our personal news. So we'll get all your updates then. Yeah, I'll do it. Then. Don't spoil yourself. <laughs> and then all of it will be over. I'll finally be home and we can. Yes. Do the big recap. Yeah. So feedback and corrections and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I think this will tie together with feedback we we had a couple hundred words mm-hmm. one sorry hold, uh, tesla 727 hold on one more week we'll get your we'll get your feedback but right now we had feedback about our last episode that was yeah. 100 words in the form of 100 words yep indeed um so it's it's a twofer if you don't know what we're talking about then too bad no i so <laughs> at, at a certain level of patreon if you send in 100 words i will read them verbatim so yeah uh, this one is timely. It's about the Gay Republicans episode. So uh, it's feedback and 100 words. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Hi, Mike and Kyle. Love the pod. So, okay, hold on. I know you don't like it when I read the rapper, but this time I have to because it's funny. No, you don't. I mean, I, you. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, fine. Love the pod. After listening to your recent episode interviewing Representative Zwanitzer, I was compelled to use my 100 words. So much so that I had to use 113 words, which I know is against the rules, but fuck it. Plus, I know how much Kyle hates it when Mike reads the entire email leading up to the 100 words, but quite frankly, he can eat my ass. (laughs) Show me your ass first. I don't know what your ass looks like. (laughs) The preamble to my 100 words provides context as to why I was so inclined to respond to the episode. It's also so fucking long. But seriously, though, Kyle and Mike both can eat my ass. Y'all can get it. But enough about me being a hoe. (laughs) A long story cut short, way too late, dude. I recently cut ties with two good friends of 15 plus years of friendship that are gay Republicans. The Mm. Trump presidency, the pandemic, and the direction that the Republican Party is continuing down and their continued endorsement of such was the straw that broke the camel's back. Hearing Representative Zwanitzer echo some of the justifications for continuing to support the party that actively hates him, I saw so many parallels from the justifications that my former friends used. 
Love you both and love the pod. XOXO, Terrence. And so I arrive at my 113 words. Colon. <laughs> it doesn't say colon. It's the punctuation mark colon. I just, I just okay. wanted to let you know. Yeah. Now, now we're in it. No, that's helpful. I know, I'll know what to cut. Yeah. <laughs> right there. <laughs> All right. Here we go. What you tolerate, you encourage. It's clearly convenient to be a cis white gay Republican because the people your party is attacking are the other. The we don't do that over here in Wyoming mentality isn't a justifiable enough excuse to continue to align yourself with members of your party that are doing harm to our community every day. When is enough enough? When the threats of violence hit close to home and you or one of your loved ones is attacked? It seems that the only time cis white gay Republicans embrace the rest of the LGBT plus community is when they are under attack and are seeking shelter under the rainbow umbrella. Whew. And yeah, Terrence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. That very well said. Uh, yeah. Anecdotally, I think that the gay Republicans episode has been like the most controversial in our community. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everyone like, again, uh, our community is so awesome because everyone is having very good discussions and things that I want to like, there have been people that have been like, I don't think you should have done that episode, mm-hmm. especially given the timing. And I want people to give us that feedback respectfully, which everyone ha- has done, but we've had, mm-hmm. we've had those, we've had people say, you know, it was good, but you weren't hard enough. You didn't ask certain questions that I wish you did. We had people say that it was great and we were respectful and it's, it's a nice change from, you know, shitty political discourse. We, you know, so it's, it's been all over the board, all helpful, healthy feedback that we've gotten. But yeah, we got a lot of very different feedback on that mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, thank you. Thank you all for the very least being polite to us. I mean, there was, there were, a, there were a couple of assholes, but we have thick skin now. Yeah. Let's, let's block them. Let's like block Elon them. Musk. <laughs> he blocked Kathy Griffin. He, d- he blocked Kathy Griffin. Oh, are we in the news yet? I don't know. Oh, wait. Okay. Well, now here's the news. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. All right. News the first. Heartstopper star Kit Connor mm. forced to come out as bisexual. I'm sure you've been following this. I've just seen the headlines and, and know the general thing. So he had some accusations of queer baiting in his role on Heartstopper. And it all came out of the fact that he has a girlfriend. Mm. And so there was this big backlash and everybody said, hey, you're queer baiting you're a terrible person, blah, blah, blah. You have to remember he's 18 years old. And um, so he, he, he revealed he was quitting Twitter last month and on, or sorry, two months ago now, September 12th, after a video of him allegedly holding hands with Cuban girls guide star, Maya Rafiko led to him being accused of queer baiting. So then on Halloween, he came back and said, quote, back for a minute. I'm by congrats for forcing an 18 year old to out himself. I think some of you missed the point of the show. By. <laughs> That's not funny, but the last word was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sp- spell by. <laughs> spell by. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. What do, what do you, what do you think about this? Cause I have some feelings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, you know, we fucked this one up. We as a community, mm. we, we fucked this one up. We missed the ball. Um, we forgot bi people exist. We didn't let give young people the space. I think we have a hard time with people that have not identified or don't refuse to identify. Mm. Um, and yeah, yeah. We buy erasured and, and forgot that 
you can date a date a girl and still be something. And anyone that young, I have a hard time calling that queer baiting. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I just think we fucked this one up, and it's a good reminder. Yeah, well, and and to to his point, to Kit Connor's point, the character was bisexual, so could he be then? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Do bisexual people sometimes? involve themselves with people of the opposite sex yes yeah absolutely so i i wonder i wonder how much of it is just like that character and that actor were so adorable and so heartwarming and a lot of gay people i think gay men anyway uh, could see themselves in that character going through that experience mm -hmm. so then to see him with a girl in real life was somehow threatening on some way that people weren't ready to like handle and, yeah. and then because humans are humans, then they were just terrible, shitty people instead of <laughs> doing some reflection on why they feel that way. Yeah. I, I, we're rightfully looking out for queer baiting for uh, people, straight actors playing straight cis actors playing queer roles. So all of that is right. But especially when uh, when someone's young or hasn't self-identified, boy, you got to watch those accusations. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I hope his little by heart is just super happy. Um, yeah. And uh, just that that tweet when he was like, you forced, you know, forced an 18 year old out. It just like, ooh, that struck an arrow into my heart. I was like, yeah. oh, no. Oh, well, no, everybody. With the word force, though. He wasn't forced to. Like, okay. He, yeah. Like, uh, in absence of physically moving his mouth and ventriloquist dummying him, like, yeah, they kind of did force him out. Yeah, like, if you got a mob running after you saying you're queer baiting, then you can either get murdered or come out. Like, hmm. he was backed into a corner. Murdered? Uh, that My metaphor, it was like, the, the, you know, the not, crowd. not literally. The crowd, okay. pitchfork crowd. <laughs> yeah, it was a little dramatic, but I'm gay, so, you know, right. I could do that. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he was. I don't think he was forced to. But I think okay, it was wait, okay. The easiest, it was you, probably no, the easiest way to get people to stop harassing him. And okay, and, but you're being shittily pedantic right now. Okay, this is one of those times. Uh, to help help me understand why you think he wasn't forced out. Because he didn't. He didn't. He didn't have to respond. Right. He could have just stayed the fuck off Twitter and moved on with his life. And he um, can't move on with his life. He Twitter's not the only place that people accuse you of queer baiting. Like it doesn't. If when you leave Twitter, I mean, one, you should be allowed to be on Twitter and like that, that shouldn't have to be a repercussion, but also I bet you he was getting this off Twitter as well. Sure. That's almost certainly true. Yeah. In every interview he does or did probably too, because media sucks. Yeah. You're right. He did not have to come out, but he, the choices were continue to get accusations thrown at him potentially sometimes people stop getting roles for a time being if they're getting bad press like this could affect mm. his life and career so and and all the while he's like i'm fucking by you know like to yeah. to just sit there and and accept that i wouldn't have so mm -hmm. I, I think he was forced out well i hope everyone learned their lesson painful as it might have been for him i think that it it also serves a really useful function for our society. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, it, it sucks having to be the 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 fall on that by sword, but mm -hmm. you know, yeah, mm, that sounds fun. Okay, um, 
News the second. Great. This is my favorite story of the week, but I'm putting it in the middle. Mm. Um, Miss Argentina and Miss Puerto Rico <laughs> just got married. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I can't surprise you with the news anymore, Kyle. It's like. It's know, just all over Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. I used to like not pay attention to this stuff as much, but yeah, I'm just on this too much to, I just see all the head. I don't know. I don't often know any of the specifics, so you can't surprise me with some of that. I, the reason that this is my favorite story though, is because first of all, they were in a secret relationship for two years and then posted to Instagram that they were married um, with the caption quote, after deciding to keep our relationship private, we opened the doors to them on a special day. And it's the Miss Grand International pageant. And they met at the pageant and started dating in secret. And the thing that I love so much about this though, is pageantry is so weirdly sexualized and packaged for straight men. And so then for them to be like lezzing out with each other just feels like some kind of poetic justice or something. <laughs> Absolutely. And they're hot. They're hot. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. As yeah. Just what you'd expect from, you know, miss, you know, pageant, whatever thing. Yeah. Miss Puerto Rico and miss Argentina. Congratulations. God. Bless you both. They're, they probably have just such fucking hot sex. Like, can you imagine them being like the straight men that would pay to see this? She's like eating her out and she's like coming for the seventh time, just <laughs> splashing everywhere. It's like a fucking bathtub in their bed. They're just like going to town, scissoring all over, back to eating her out, twist around, do some Les 69. God, and then they just make out so fucking hard with all the juices in their mouth. God, it's mm -hmm. probably so hot, and none of you will get to see it. Mm -hmm. Great. <laughs> or something. Am I a lesbian? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I, I think you might be Miss Argentina. <laughs> I, I've always thought I was. <laughs> I've always had a suspicion. Okay, news the last please so let's see next week um, november 12th uh, in a couple of days Ooh. a new film called 1946 the mistranslation that shifted culture is a documentary that is uh, being being released that presents evidence that the word homosexual didn't appear in the bible until 1946 and that it was a concerted effort to affect the culture and that Anybody saying that homosexuality is a sin because the Bible says so is incorrect. Um, yeah, I didn't know this this story. This is awesome. Oh, okay. Great. Great. Yeah, you did it. So, so that, that year, in 1946, a committee gathered to translate an updated English version of the book from the Greek. There were religious scholars, priests, theologians, linguists, anthropologists, and activists who then did a bunch of research and investigation into the instances where the word appears in the book. And their conclusion is now that it was a mistranslation. Hmm. Um, so it, it's it's just it's just a mistake. Um, the the film says, "quote It was the misuse of a single word that changed the course of history." Now, predictably, there is uh, just backlash before the film is even fucking out. Um, uh, the the filmmakers have received threats. There have been campaigns waged to get even innocuous social media posts taken down. There is an entire book that was just published trying to refute the evidence, even though the film isn't out yet for them to see it, to refute it. 
And uh, the documentary, the documentarian, his name is Raggio. What's his first name? Raggio. What is his first name? Sharon Raggio. She. Oh my God! I just misgendered a person a whole bunch of many, many times. It's because she goes by Rocky, and I saw Rocky Raggio mm. so many times. I assumed that that was on I'm. Yeah. You're learning. You're learning all kinds of things, everybody. Sharon. Uh, she claimed, uh, quote, the opposition is quite vocal about our film, trying to debunk it because they're afraid. We're literally unmooring them and pulling the anchors out from underneath. We've been hit by the conservative audience. We've been hit by the atheist audience. We've been hit by LGBTQ people who've been hurt by the church and who now have left the church because they feel that we are subscribing to religious supremacy, even by playing along in this dialogue. It's like they did an episode on gay Republicans, Kyle. <laughs> We are definitely have an equivalent quality product that we're putting out for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The shitty thing is they don't care. Republicans don't care about what is true. They don't care about what the Bible says. So I wish that I, this is amazing. It it has to be put out. It's, 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 I, I'm excited. I, I love this. And mm -hmm. also, given their core values of it doesn't matter what things actually say or any kind of truth, this won't change anything. I, right. Yep. For sure. For sure. I, I is think that, that too pessimistic or is that just realistic these days? I don't know. Like <laughs> it's hard to tell the difference, you know, I think I disagree with the assertion that it will change nothing. Mm, mm. I think that there's a non-zero number of people who might stumble across that film and watch it and think to themselves, you know, the church has lied to me all of these years I believe this evidence now that it's been provided, I'm going to soften my stance on gay people. Do I think it's going to change any of the like structural institutions of religion that are involved? Absolutely not for all of the reasons that you just said, but I, I think that the impact is going to be maybe non-zero. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I agree. You're right. I, I think I always just assume the extremes because I have an extreme position, I think. And, and there are people that maybe don't care or don't know or are undecided or are starting to tip you know, towards, yeah, you're right. This, this is, this will have an impact. Hopefully. I hope to watch it and potentially add it to our growing library. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would love that. That's the news. Uh, speaking of our growing library of people that we're going to store in the studio, I don't know. Um, I would like to thank the following Patreon members. Thank you to Josh Hagen, Jake Williams. Ooh, I can do that one. Yeah. Good work. Uh, thanks. I don't know if Hagen was Hagen or Hagen, um, or Hagan, uh, or Hagan. I don't know. You know, yeah. sometimes you just don't know. Also that underscore guy seven. Hmm. You, that was your gamer tag. You forgot to put your name. Uh, and Robbie Hayes hey. of the Hayes code. <laughs> oh, that's um, a legacy you don't want to be part of. Yeah, sorry. I, I take that back, Robbie. You have a hot name. It's fine. Um, if you want bonus episodes, content, uh, things go to <laughs> I had like the split second of I forgot and then I laughed to myself and now I'm here um uh, patreon.com slash gayish podcast uh, part of the things like if you're a gap bridge you get to vote on episode topics which is why we're talking about this uh, I, I mentioned we release a bonus episode every single month it's a full entire episode which we started doing a few months ago so it's like a real full episode and so yeah jo join patreon do it are you ready to talk about hairdressers? Let's talk about hairdressers. Yeah. So 
Okay, my reign of terror continues. Every month we yes. pick three topics. Whoever's topic was selected last month gets to choose one, and then the other person gets to choose two. The idea being, if you pick two, you are, you are more likely to win. That has not been the case for me. I've picked two all these times, and it's yeah. just not working for me. So, Kyle, the real question everyone wants to know, does it make the feeling of losing twice as bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that I... I'm very intuitive and insightful and kind of know what people want and need. And you're just like, you have the heartbeat of the dick of this community that I, I apparently just don't fucking know. So yes, it does. And, and I hate everyone. Great. I've got the throb of gayish. <laughs> it's just in your, it, it, it's the, thro- it's throbbing in your fingers. Now, after the Patreon happy hour zoom, quarterly happy hour uh, there was a campaign to get us to choose math so that you would have to talk about math (laughs) i i might have to start like announcing which ones are mine and lobbying for one so that i can (laughs) stop this pain and and heartbreak but uh, even though uh, we are our bonus episode this month brunch won the tiebreaker vote which non-gap bridgers uh, most non-gap bridgers get to vote in and so that one won overwhelmingly so mm-hmm. we'll do that one for our bonus episode this month coming out later this month but this hairdressers is actually i'm glad this one this is a fun one this is a good one and timing wise like i personally am growing out my hair and uh, mm. and i literally completely forgot we were doing this topic this week and i'm at some point or i, I want to start doing like middle hair part and like switch over because mm. it's gonna get long enough that i'm gonna have to like change it up mm. a little bit so i'm i'm in the middle of a hair uh a hair moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so far um uh, tiffany who's been on the podcast when we did your app makeover is helping me along and she's amazing and so i it is very nice to have a very good hairdresser that's communicative knowledgeable she's fucking amazing so she's helping me through this process together she's she's definitely my therapist and uh, and she said it takes parting if you change the part so if i part it down the middle it takes a week to get used to so mm-hmm. we'll see mm-hmm. if i if i keep that up yeah. yeah how long do you want your hair i don't know we'll see huh. we're gonna find yeah. out together great i'm on this journey with you yeah, so is video <laughs> Patreon members. They'll get to figure it out too. Um, how often do you see a, a hair person and what kind of hair person do you go to? I go to a barber shop. It's a men's <gasps> barbershop called Capelli's. You're so and, straight. Uh, I'm so straight. Yeah. yeah, this is like straight bro, right? Straight bro, yeah. It's the kind of place where you go in and they like give you a beer while you wait. <laughs> I didn't know um, that place existed. <laughs> oh, yeah, well... <laughs> Or coffee or water or whatever, but like the, I've only the, been like, at places that give you coffee, water, or wine. Because <laughs> oh, well, I go see? to salons, this is perfect. Yeah, yeah, and I go every three or four weeks. I don't know, especially now that my hair is a little bit longer, I, I have to go more often. You, you probably remember my hair used to be super duper short, so much so that like there was a a, a while I, I I would have my ex do my hair. Mm. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 a barber kind of guy. Wow, I'm a salon kind of guy. There was a certain point where I was like, I don't want to sit in silence at sports clips, you know, and, and try to explain to this person, just like do the same thing again. Like imagine if my hair was a little shorter, do that haircut, you know, I I just, I hate it. It's, I really enjoyed this. Uh, Tiffany's awesome. I, and it is more expensive. So, you know, that's kind of the, the, 
the literal price you pay for going to a salon or going to a yeah. person. Well, yeah. Well, my my haircuts aren't cheap. It's probably the beer. Oh <laughs> yeah, you you pay for that beer one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, also, gays are known to be hairdressers. Yeah. yeah. Or are they? What does or the data say? Do you want to find out together, Mike? Let's let's find out. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. Let's part of this down the middle. And let's part, <laughs> part the kimono down the middle of your hair. Oh God. I've never said that before. That's the first time in this entire show's history that I've said that. I hate that so much. I hate me. I'm wearing you down, Kyle. Just give it time. <laughs> that's, that's hot when certain people say it, but not you to Great. me. Great. Yes. The answer is yes. It is true. <laughs> end of great segment (laughs) (laughs) okay 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 so i pulled up the uh, the last time we did this we talked about flight attendants and in the study that i looked up that kind of showed this kind of data it was the 2015 concealable stigma and occupational segregation towards a theory of gay and lesbian occupations study published in the administrative science quarterly my favorite quarterly administrative science magazine Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they said that in stick with me in jobs that are dominated by females, flight attendance is the number one job in terms of proportion of gay men. Okay. So number two, literally number two is hairdressers. We are, do, we, we just, I, I just need, maybe the next thing I put in there, we'll just, I'll look up whatever number three is and we'll just knock down the list. Yeah. Yeah. That's really like we, we accidentally are following, like we have to now, right? Like, I guess so. I, I fuck. I wish I had an opener, uh, but it's but it is it does. The, this is one of the times when the stereotypes are based on something. There's truth to it. Mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. Th- it's more complex than that, or whatever. We can we'll talk more about that. But the stereotypes, y- it's this for a reason. Anyway, it, it was actually hairdressers, hairstylists, and cosmetologists. So, but do you know the difference between those things? I don't think I know the difference between all those. Things. Yeah. I do. Okay. Um, so the thing that I'm really going to talk about, <laughs> the thing, isn't cosmetologist makeup? I, I, I don't know. Although I don't, Ma- hairdresser versus hairstylist. When I dress, I put on things. When I style, I zhuzh it. Yeah. <laughs> Did that help? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, somebody let us know. Except don't. Or, or t- you know what? Maybe let this one slide (laughs) every now and then you could just let it slide. Uh, What I actually want to talk about is in honor of Kit, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. Yeah. What what was his last name? Connor. Kit Connor. Yeah. I was going to say Williams, which is a different guy in honor of Kit Connor. Also hot though. Also hot, but we'll get there. Um, There's actually an updated study and it is called rainbow collar jobs. Occupational segregation by sexual orientation in the United States. And this is by Ryan Finnegan, one person. I rarely see it just by one person. It was published in Socius Sociological Research for a Dynamic World. And what it did is it said previous studies, including the one that I looked at in the past, suffered from the fact that they had a either surveys that had a small sample size or uh, there what they used kind of wide national surveys that still had data limitations and that made it so we couldn't track things like bisexual people or or get some of the levels of granularity that we want so 
this is not specific to hairdressers, but I just wanted to quickly give an update on what we know based on this latest research using a bigger data set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The find because I think it's really interesting. The findings are that lesbian and gay people are more segregated from jobs. Segregated is like they don't work at jobs that stereotypically, you know, their gender works at. They're more segregated from jobs typical to their gender. And maybe that's to avoid the stigma, you know, get, I mean, you get it. Gay man being around a bunch of straight dudes is like, sometimes that's hard, mm-hmm. but then it's like, but what about bisexuals? The what hardest. do they do? <laughs> so sometimes it's very hard. <laughs> it's interesting because among lesbian, gay and bisexual workers, and unfortunately, again, we don't have trans data in this or, or non-binary gender queer, but lesbian, gay and bisexual workers, among all of them, women are less likely to be segregated than men. Hmm. which that that makes sense to me if you know when i just think about straight men and gay men the odds of kind of anger violence risk or whatever being higher than a lesbian being among a bunch of straight women or by you know woman being a bunch of straight women so that aligns with my my question is going to be whether that's um like if you could measure like if there's a stereotypical quotient that you could apply to people I wonder if like there's data now that says that when it comes to career, gays are more stereotype stereotypical. Like those those gays behave gaily. No. Like okay. I don't know what do you mean? Like so if 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 gays are more segregated, doesn't that also mean that they're behaving more stereotypically? Meaning like they're acting more maybe feminine or more like gay or stereotypical gay traits? Yeah. Yeah, the the kind of the why all of these research studies they they give you insight, but they don't necessarily give you the the why. So we don't exactly know why it would be. Um, maybe maybe it's not about the gay men themselves. Maybe more people are out, and straight people are more defensive and angry about it. You know, it could it, yeah. it's not necessarily the the gay men doing it, but mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be interesting to like have it like a stereotype quotient. How many stereotypes do you fit? And I'm a seventy three, you know, out of a hundred yeah. or something. God, yeah. can we do a research study based doing that? Like, can we like document the stereotypes and like come up with your stereotype score? We should make an app and it asks you questions and then it gives you a number and you can yeah. score yourself. You can score other people. You can share your score on social media. This is a great engagement. You can scan your yeah. face and it can be like, Oh honey, <laughs> you gay <laughs> and you look it. Yeah. That'd be fun. Okay. So, Let's talk bisexuals. Bisexuals are less likely to be segregated than gay men. Which, yeah. again, yeah, if I'm just kind of guessing or, or uh, um, so uh, that means bisexual men uh, tend to be more integrated in jobs with straight people. But a, a previous research that, that this research referenced when discussing that is that bisexual people have a greater income disparity than gay men. When you compare hmm. them to straight men, which is hmm. interesting. They're more integrated with straight men, but have a lower average income. So one of the hypotheses that this study put out is maybe because they are more integrated with straight people and straight people still judge LGBT people, mm-hmm. they are being treated differently and poorly in those fields and thus making less money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I would, I, all of that, again, all of this is kind of aligning with what I would just kind of guess based on stereotypes and assumptions. And so that, that would make sense to me. Counter, counter idea. Sure. To, to, to uh, like socioeconomic upward mobility is only possible if you eat pie. <laughs> <laughs> 
all comes back to the pie. <laughs> it always has, Mike. That's mm-hmm. that's that's question number one. And then if you answer yes to pie, then it's like, oh, sorry, you're a hundred percent bisexual stereotype. <laughs> you know, like. Oh wait, do bisexual people eat pie? No, they don't they like do pie. They do not eat pie. They yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, pie. yeah, yeah. That's that's the first question in the app that we're developing. Um, that's really going to alienate a lot of people. I'm excited about it. <laughs> um, also, gay and straight, gay straight and lesbian straight segregation is higher among workers without college degrees. So, if you do not have a college degree, there's more segregation. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, well, I wonder if that's because, like the the more the more stereotypically queer jobs are like service industry stuff and hmm. like i don't know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think through why that might be the case but like. i mean education if you have a college degree that means you went to and this is not the only option but if you went to college you might be more likely to be exposed to other people and more accepting of lgbt people uh, that's yeah. one venue to kind of grow and understand other people in the world so yeah. uh, maybe in corporate america it's less okay less you have like you have an HR department, which you know if you're a waiter, how often are you going to go to the HR department and be like you fucking suck, like this right. person is shit? You know, I don't know. Uh, however, there's greater segregation between bisexual and straight workers when there is it, w- with higher education. So completely the opposite with bisexual people. What the what? I don't know why no. that, that doesn't. Uh, bisexuals are just opposite of LG. Bisexuals explain yourselves. What? Yeah. Are, maybe. What are you up to? What what's you, going on? What doing? <laughs> no, I bet they want answers too. So anyway, I, I wanted to talk both hairdressers, but also give you an update on the study that I used to <laughs> reference some of this. And I thought it was all very interesting. And hi, bisexuals. We see you. You exist. And we're done talking about you. <laughs> well, it sounds like this study is like, is going to do our episode planning for us for like the foreseeable future. So, yep. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Thanks, uh, Ryan Finnegan. Mm-hmm. Begin again. You're so Irish. It's not even funny. Okay. Well, are, are you ready for the history of hairdressing? I don't. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so I mean, the, the 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 occupation of hairdressing goes back like for as long as people have had hair, which is like way before, way before like history. Like we have cave drawings of people that are working on each other's hair hmm. and the, uh, the, 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 the Greeks talked about hairdressing. It's just, it's been around for fucking ever, which like makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. But th- like what you think of in the modern sense of a hairdresser, like a person who like, that's their job and that's their function and that's their career. Uh, it's, it's the fucking French people, which mm. they're not, not gay. Yeah. Um, it's like when you look at history, it's probably the Greeks or the French <laughs> or the right. Victorians did. But if you, you know, the opposite way, like they shut it down. Those are the, those are the places we go to when you talk history. <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> when you think of like, like French aristocracy, you probably don't, you probably don't think about that at all. <laughs> I don't, I, I think about like a Netflix show that I'm not going to watch, but everyone's raving about, you know, it's the latest, you know, it's called heirloom and it's about French tomato growers and the rich tapestry or something that I'm like, I'm done. I don't care. <laughs> but they have really big hair. That's the, okay. that's, that's, that's <laughs> the stereotype, but that's, that's the image, right? Like just the yes. giant okay. fucking massive hair. And, and th- th- like, 
that's indeed what happened. And a lot of that is because hairdressers started to exist as a thing that could take care of rich women's hair to like, here's my hair. Here's how much money I have. Just like, just like lawns. Have you heard that whole thing that like a yard is just showing that you have land to waste on not growing food with? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So yeah. So much of shit is like it, 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 the reason it's the popular thing to do or societally acceptable is because someone was like, I get to show off how rich I am by doing this. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And it's also important, I think, to note that like barbers are for sure a different thing that have been a different thing for a long ass time that barbers were like basically your doctor also, right? Like people would <laughs> go to their barber to have their a bloodletting because they needed to balance their humors or whatever. And, and that, that hairdresser is a very specific thing that comes out of French aristocracy taking care of their giant ass hair. Hmm. Um, and and so that's why there's sort of an overtone there of over the top, extravagant, flamboyant ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah, you just described both French people and gay people. <laughs> exactly. That's why gay or European is a really fun game sometimes, <laughs> depending on where you are, especially at the airport. We used to do that in Austin. It was Austin or or gay. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Same idea. Keep them weird. Keep them weird. So. The first celebrity hairdresser, <sighs> his name was Monsieur Champagne. You can't make that what? up. What? Yeah. <laughs> he was born in the right region that that was allowed? Yeah, right. Yeah, he was not a sparkling hairdresser. No, no, he no. He was no, Monsieur no. Champagne. It was the real deal. He um, sounds like a drag queen. <laughs> That's a drag queen name. But the the, the, the French, the, yes, I agree. The, uh, maybe a drag king. Anyway. Mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, he was the first person called a coiffure, which is the French word for hairdresser. And apparently um, that that term was invented for him. Like he invented (laughs) the hairdresser persona. If Um, someone called me a coiffure, I would be uh offended and I would find I don't have a job and I would go to HR. I would find an (laughs) HR department and complain to them. I would be offended so hard. You shut your mouth. You can't say that. <laughs> Only I can say that. Okay, so the term coiffure was invented for him in France in 1663, after, right after he died. Oh, his, he never knew. He never knew. Um, that his, sucks. His clients included Princess Marie de Gonzague, and he was so famous that they wrote a play for him. <laughs> um, there's a, there's a, a comedy called Champagne la Coiffure, which was... Um, written by Boucher. I don't know who that is. Was but, he alive um, for it? No, no, no. This it was it was man uh, in in the 19th century. I think that the, hmm. the play was written. I don't know. It's in French. I can't read it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but here here's the thing that I think is interesting. So plot twist: the the French dude that makes giant lady hair and was flamboyant enough that got like the career named after him was straight and a terrible person. <gasps> so he apparently, after he got so super famous at being like the, the person, the go-to person for, for rich, famous ladies, he was so sought after and so famous that he would book clients, apparently do half of their hair and saying, I won't finish it unless you fuck me. And that's like, like a plot. me? Yes. Oh, wow i did not i thought pay more i didn't see that i didn't okay that's a turn i didn't see yeah yeah and that's and that's 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 in this play 
is like his <laughs> Like now I let's make a play about that. Sure, it's like Sweeney Todd if he fucked, right? Yeah, exactly. Who was a barber? That's fantastic. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. I was so Mike. I I'm with you. I'm with you. No, I'm with you. I just I, you just were surprised that I was smart. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> okay, I, it is. It is. We can move on. It's fine. You're in India. You get. You get. You get a pass. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> But yeah, this this, this idea uh, that he was so famous and his his services so sought after that he was uh, extorting women for sex in order to finish Jesus. their hair. Um, yeah, to, in order to finish, indeed. Um, then you know, a couple of other famous hairdressers, uh, also from the same era, uh, Legros de Rumini was a French hairdresser. I'm sorry, the same era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, oh. good, good work. Yeah. Touche. Uh, but he was the hairdresser for the French court in the 18th century. Uh, Madame de Pompadour was uh, one of his clients. In 1765, he wrote L'Art de la Coiffure des Dames Francaises, uh, uh, which, like, he wrote the book. He literally wrote the book on <laughs> French women's hair and uh, established an uh, academy for training the hairdressers as a profession. <laughs> also, <laughs> straight and a terrible person. Wow. He was discovered to have raped a number of his clients and he was accused of such during his lifetime. But apparently the Royal court was so into having him be the person that did all of their hair. The charges were dropped. Oh my God. The women were paid off this. Okay. But, things have not changed. Like if you are um, like very talented or rich, people are like, eh, yeah, rape, but like, but he does very good at hair. Right. Like that sucks. <laughs> God, we've been do. Uh, we suck. People suck. We don't deserve hair. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, have, just have more money. Everybody. Have you thought about having more? If you, if you apparently, if you want new features on Twitter, just have more money. <laughs> um, and then, and then lastly, the gayest of these guys that I found in early hairdressing, uh, was, uh, uh, Leonard Arti. I don't know how to say his name, but he was just known as Monsieur Leonard. Miss, it's either it's Leonard or Leonard. Anyway, Monsieur Leonard. He did Queen Marie Antoinette's hair. Oh. And founded the Theater de Monsieur. So this guy got so much money and got so famous doing the Queen's hair that he established a hairdressing school and a studio the Académie de Coiffeurs, and um, he, his two brothers uh, joined him to put together this school, and all of them apparently worked as hairdressers in Marie Antoinette's household. And one of the brothers worked for the king's sister. Anyway, at some point he'd gotten enough money. He had so much money that he uh, decided he didn't need to be a hairdresser anymore for a living, he would still do the queen's hair from time to time, like if she asked. Um, <laughs> but uh, then because they were apparently like buds and, and the queen really liked opera, he decided to open his own opera theater and cast himself as the singer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he started a new career as a um, an opera singer. And it's uh, like when Bruce Willis started a band. Well, that's a thing that everyone needed to forget that you just reminded us of, Kyle. So. You're right. He doesn't have hair, so it's not comparable. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how 
how good he was at it, but um, apparently the, the the project eventually folded, whether it was because he was bad at singing or, or other mm. reasons like business mismanagement. Um, it just, uh, it, it didn't work out and the theater closed. But I just think like, God damn, if anybody's gay, it's got to be this guy, right? I was going to ask if, he, is he confirmed gay or, or is, did he just start a theater company? <laughs> yep. Not, not gay, not gay. He, he, um, he married a woman and they had a daughter, Marie Ann Elizabeth, and apparently had an, two more daughters, a son. And, uh, but he was apparently a terrible person also. So like wow. he, 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 he tried to move, uh, and his, his wife said, I want a divorce and they got divorced in 1794, which divorce is not a thing that happens at <laughs> all in that era, unless like you're a really terrible person. And yeah, he, when he died in 1820, he did not leave a will. He only had two children left and they got like some of his jewelry, um, some of which was Marie Antoinette's jewelry. But anyway, yeah, no, no yeah, that's not, the gayest just, thing. Yeah, he was straight and a terrible person. I will say, uh, perhaps any of these people could be by since we're, we're being sure to remember that. But unfortunately looking back in history, we can only look at actions and, and we can't know more. So if, if all they've had is, yeah, it's, it's hard looking back being like, okay, you exclusively had relationships with women. Like I can't, that's all I know about you. So it's hard. Well, and and then the, the other uh, the the last the last one that I'll mention isn't ancient or French or anything, but like if 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 you're like name a hairdresser, I would the first name would be would be would be uh, a Jonathan Van Ness JVN, but then second would be Paul Mitchell, right? I, I think oh, I, I, think, I think of Paul Mitchell as being like a big name that I would like actually come up with off the top of my head. Also straight. So I was going to say Vidal Vidal Sassoon is one that I like looked up really and a little bit and was like, Oh, he's straight. And I don't see anything to talk about with him. He was married a few times too. A lot of these, it's interesting. A lot of these people had at least a few wives, but huh. I just think we need to get to the bottom of like the bottom. (laughs) I think we need to figure out where this, where this stereotype came from because like a a lot of things, because because it's uh, it's it's women that are the customers of this and, and it's women's work or it's at least feminine adjacent we've seen over and over and over again that it therefore gets applied to gay men and then becomes sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy almost maybe yeah but yeah. um it, it, it's really interesting that hairdressing has this like long history of it's actually like straight dudes that do it so where did where did the stereotype come from and it, it's it's got to be ultimately about this this feminine halo effect or something yeah 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 well and i i also assume even if something is stereotypically gay the people that get it's it's still unacceptable to be gay so the people that get famous end up being the straight one even if they don't represent you know the big the like who's the queen gonna have it's not gonna be a gay dude back in you know 1640 whatever the fuck so yeah yeah well then can i talk a little bit about why we assume what, what are the stereotypes and why we assume hairdressers are gay? Oh yeah. That's the question I was just asking. I would, well, not it's not totally, it's, it's more like current day, like not, not where did this come from, but what, just what are the stereotypes? Why, why, why do we associate this with gay men? Yeah. Okay. And I got this, God, I haven't gotten angry about an uh, article that I read in a very long time. This was, uh, I found this on hairfinder.com. I read that article. Please. You I'll, did? I'll, I'll pretend I didn't. Go ahead. Okay, perfect. Shh, 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 shh. <laughs> no, you didn't. Um, it, what, what was your reaction to it? 
I thought that it was um, replete with gross stereotypes that we've confirmed <laughs> multiple times have no bearing in reality. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, I'm not impressed. Yeah. So let's dive in. <laughs> let's dive in. <laughs> um, so, no, oh, oh, okay, hold on. That's that's a gross oversimplification. I think that some of it is likely, it, although presented poorly, grounded in truth. So uh, there's, well, I think there are parts of it that are both annoying and frustrating and also some people believe in these stereotypes again self-fulfilling kind of prophecy thing but anyway yeah it seemed it while they didn't say it explicitly the writer seemed to be a gay hairdresser who mentioned they once got a job over an equally qualified person just because people want their hairdresser if it's a man to be a gay man Mm -hmm. which I, i i can see that yeah, I mean, but like my first barber when I first started going to that this place that I got like kind of attached to, I thought I thought he was gay for sure, and that was like a selling point mm. for me. So then, mm. like when I found out that he wasn't gay, I was like, "Girl, <laughs> are you sure?" Are you sure? But yeah. Also, he actually moved. I, I I didn't fire him for being straight, um, but I should have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then and and then the the next guy, the guy that I that I currently go to that I'm really super loyal to. For the longest time, I was like, are you gay? I mean, you're cutting hair. You've got to be gay, right? But like no overt signs, really like it just, I, I don't know. He would, he would speak euphemistically about like the people that he was dating, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Finally came out to me like three years into our haircut relationship. <laughs> he like, came out and now like As now we gay out every time that we talk to each it, other. Okay. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like. Based on the data that that study looked at, it is true that they are more likely to be gay. And this is the challenge with stereotypes. So then we we just take that to mean more likely, okay, they're all gay. You know, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and it's, we don't have balance in our world. We don't have a more likely, but not definitive. And uh, yeah, but the shitty thing is I, I think those things too, I would probably rather have a gay hairdresser too. And I uh, not just because I'm gay and I would rather have a gay everyone, but like- uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I unfortunately, I do think it's it, it's an interesting juxtaposition to look at the way that society there's a presumption of straightness until proven gay, unless you're one of these super stereotypical career people. And yes. so, it, in in a way, that's sort of like I like it almost. Like the, hmm. the fact that like you're presumed gay until proven straight if you're a flight attendant, hairdresser, a yeah. marching band instructor. I don't know why I said that, but like. <laughs> But, but <laughs> you, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I think, it is I think weird because you can't you, you no straight person can get the full experience or whatever, but it is a taste of it. You know, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm, it is a taste of doesn't it? I can I bet it sucks being a straight hairdresser and having to be like, well, maybe I don't even want to do this because everyone fucking assumes I'm gay mm-hmm. when I say I'm straight. No one believes me. No one. Everyone wants the gay guy in the office instead of me. Like. That that would be really hard. And also so you know you're coming out as straight on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry you forced a hairdresser out as straight. Bye, everyone. Um so yeah, it is it's but then again, there is something I like about it that like flipperuski, but also because I don't like it and it happens mostly to gay people, and there's a tiny time percent of time it happens to straight people, I also don't like that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those weird things. So some of the reasons that we, some of the stereotypes reasons from this article, I, they had a numbered list that I, I made my own list. Um, it is a creative. I just, I, I like mine better. It is a creative artistic field. Anything creative 
you just assume that it's gay people. And we've talked about that before. It's like the uh, art. What? But is it true? Like I, th- that's one of the things about this article that I was like, well, fuck you. Cause you, he, he said something like, like gay people are generally considered to be more creative. And I'm like that. I don't know that that's, I don't, I don't know that that's true, nor do I think it's fair. And then like poor straight guys to just be assumed that you're dumb and not creative. Like <laughs> that's really unfortunate. That, that is a shitty straight stereotype. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of the shittiness. They, they, they go both ways. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, straight people are assumed to be non-creative. I, I think, I I do I do think there is something there that it being gay, breaking out of the box, thinking differently, that does lend itself to creativity. I I think I don't think we're born inherently more creative. I think it's what are you allowed to do? What are you allowed to explore? And being mm-hmm. gay does let you do that. Well, and the Velvet Rage makes the point that we try harder. That like that the the mm. whole the whole the whole paradigm there is like you feel fundamentally flawed and society hates you for being gay. So you really apply yourself at excelling in something and that you have to be creative in order to stand out in a way that isn't because of your sexuality. I I think that's super interesting. I also don't know if that's right, but you're trying to get through this list and I just keep interrupting. (laughs) No, that's literally what our podcast is. So (laughs) don't stop now. Okay. Here's uh, where I uh, gay men can be more understanding of women. They understand feminine things better. They, they know that women uh, uh, work on their self image more than men. So they, they know that women want to attract men. They also want to attract men. So they know the things to do that, that attract men. There are all these things about like, because we understand women better. And that's the shit that I hate because what I, 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 it, there, this I, I, I don't know why I'm talking a lot about the assumptions that we make out of, of straight men as a result of this that I'm getting angry at. Like, th- is this idea that you know straight men and straight women can't be friends and that straight men don't understand anyone? It's the dumb, you know, dad in '90s sitcoms. It's yeah that they're idiots that they don't they have no emotions. It's all the stuff that's like not true. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they, they, it isn't cultivated. So maybe it's less encouraged and maybe there is some kind of slightly less likely to be in touch or, or something. But like, that just sucks to be like, no, you have to be a gay man to understand a woman. No. Isn't that right. kind of the opposite? Like, I don't, right. I don't know. It just, I hate that one. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's, uh, it also unnecessarily feminizes like, that, okay, that's bottom shaming, right? The whole thing yeah. is. It's yes. like, be- because you take a dick, you get what women are like. Like, no, it's, yes. it's, it's... well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is some, I, okay. I, uh, for, uh, this is something I have very much changed on since this podcast. I think early on in the podcast, but like, I always was like, yeah, I just have a vagina in the back and there's something <laughs> to like, <laughs> it's, like my clit is just inside a little more, you know, <laughs> like, and while being the receptive partner, we have surely have similarities. I, I I very much was like, oh, I'm a gay man, so I get women's issues. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. You still have to work to learn about what women's issues. Like, it doesn't just come in and end. Unlike Miss Puerto Rico and Miss Argentina, <laughs> definitely come hand in hand. <laughs> you know they do. It's beautiful. Yeah, but but all this sucks. The, um, <laughs> 
because gay men are not attracted to women, they genuinely care and want them to look and feel better, <laughs> which that one also sucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. Mm-mm. But uh, there, there probably is, again, like a small percentage. Surely there is some. You just you talked actually about uh, I, I say that sucks. And also you just talked about a man who said like uh, sexually pressured women because he, he held them like hair hostage to to have sex with them so like it, yeah anytime you're attracted to a person and especially men men can be predatory so there's something to that mm-hmm. and gay men are not not going to be predatory in that way to straight women because that's mm-hmm. not what they're after but as a whole like to to prescribe that to i don't know hashtag not all men am i being hashtag not all men kind of thing i don't know it, uh. Spell hole? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Um, We also care about our appearance. So Mm. we will, we might actually use and know more about some of the products like hair, skin, anti-aging. Like we care about that stuff and might know more about that. Uh, Honestly, that might, I don't, again, I don't think any of this is inherent, but I do think we're more likely to use makeup ourselves, use product. That is a stereotype of gay men that I believe again, to a degree is, is probably true. I'm not one of those gays. And I always feel bad that I'm not like a, everyone's like, Oh yeah, I put on 10 different kinds of moisturizer before I go to bed and then a face mask. And I'm like, I, I washed my face five days ago. (laughs) I I don't wash my hair like pretty much ever. (laughs) Wait, hold on. What? I I pretty much, I've, I've pretty much stopped washing my hair. Oh, uh, just you wh- what as a gay man i'm supposed to have like 14 different kinds of shampoo and like all of the like all of the like leave-in conditioner blah 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 and i like barely take care of my hair as it is but as a human you're expected to wash your hair like a cage yeah yeah how often do you wash your hair it used to be like every single day like every single shower oh w- wash my hair and like yeah you know what is it now week 10 days Huh. I, I, th- there has been, especially with, with white people hair, put a, put a pin in that. I'm going to talk about black people's hair, but, um, that it's like, Oh, like you actually don't have to wash your hair as much as it's not, you don't have to wash it every single day. I, okay. In preparation for this, for the first time I started listening to a Jonathan Van Ness episode and it is an episode where he talked about hair mm-hmm. and like hair because hair is dead like you can't nourish your hair in the way that those commercials like you're not actually like oh like yeah. Yeah, i don't know you're not doing that kind of thing but like okay i wow that's less often than i would think 10 days is yeah. is i might even wash my hair more than that and i shower like uh, every few months <laughs> 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 or whatever i'm depressed i don't know well, you don't you don't smell like it. So that's Thank good. you. No, I, that's a that was a lie. I I just lied to you. Um I just wrote down that let me let me just quote skis this little guy. Quote, it is generally accepted among the gay community to engage in cross gender dressing at some point or another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No, that's we, not cool. Nope. We did drag for the very first time on this podcast because we felt like wait every like gay dudes are supposed to do this thing and we haven't so yeah that one fucking sucks yeah 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 yeah. we we know what women are like because we 
all of us have dressed like one at some point or another. Like, yeah, we've all dressed oh up God. as one. The, the kicker, being in the closet, we're used to playing a role, presenting ourselves and presenting an image. So we care and know more about images. Yeah, there might be some truth to that. I think that's uh, there. There's something true to that thing, but to make us better at hairdressing as a result, that's a, that's a stretch. That's a, a stretch. That's the giant vibrators worth of stretch that you need to get yeah. to. So, the, I mean, those are some of the stereotypes and assumptions that I, all of these, even though I'm like making fun of them, like the, they're probably things that people believe they're like the stereotypes are real. The assumptions that we mm-hmm. bring, and these are the things we want to dismantle like all of these are like basically like this is what we're trying to dismantle through this podcast so yeah mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. well speaking of stereotypes are you ready for this yeah uh, i i think i've talked about this on the podcast before but it's it's uh i'm gonna talk to you about lyle the effeminate heterosexual a recurring <laughs> character on saturday night live <laughs> okay so uh dana carvey played this recurring character started in the late 80s in 1989 was the first uh, appearance of, of Lyle and the the whole thing was everybody in Lyle's world thinks Lyle is gay and says so to which he always responds what that's insane <laughs> um and, I can, and, that's uh, a good that's a good Dana Carvey thank you and uh, uh the the the, the theme song, I'll, I'll send it to you. I, I would like to like play the theme song here. He's Lyle, the effeminate heterosexual. It's all terribly conjectural. Why he behaves that way, he's not gay. He's just Lyle. He's squished, yes, it's true. But he's as gay as me, and probably you. The effeminate heterosexual. No sense getting intellectual. And just stereotype after stereotype after stereotype after stereotype. But uh, Dana Carvey said that he based that character on his hairdresser who was really effeminate, but would go out of his way to be toxically masculine by talking about pussy while Dana was just trying to get his hair cut. This is interesting. Okay. I don't want to excuse this, but this is one of the results of making these assumptions is that someone is going to then work real hard to be really terribly straight. Yeah. Well, and and how many, how how many like effeminate guys then like, overcompensate like that's part of what you're you're saying but there there are a lot of people who are just like naturally more femme and uh, some of them are straight and put put them in a stereotypically gay profession and then so then all they want to do is talk about boobs like it's just it's so it's so interesting to me I think about we're talking about straight guys, but I think about being in the closet and some of the shitty things that you end up saying and doing because you want to fit in with other straight guys and you pick up on their stereotypes and their negative behavior and some of the things that you try to do overly compensate by being sometimes shitty. And it sucks when you come out and you're like, have to reconcile, like you really did and said shitty things. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. It's real weird. Yeah. It, some of the, some of the scenarios that Lyle gets into uh, over, over the various sketches. One is where uh, he's having an affair with a married woman, 
behind his wife's back <laughs> and n- nobody nobody suspects because he's gay <laughs> like and um there's that dynamic there's one where he's playing poker with all of his friends in the basement and he's talking about like how how hot the chicks are in this magazine and (laughs) his buddies are all very confused it's just it's it's really interesting to me oh there's one where he wants to watch the football game with his son um and uh he goes uh, I'll, i'll find this clip also but he goes um uh Mmm, beer. Yummy, yummy beer. Yum, yum, yummy beer. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but Dana Carvey really tapped into a whole bunch of stereotypes. And it's interesting to me because he's straight. I don't think he's homophobic or bigoted. A lot of those jokes have aged very, very poorly. Mm-hmm. But also it, it shows that like even in, even in the late 80s and early 90s, stereotypes about gay men were common enough and mainstream enough that that played well to a national audience. And, yeah. and, um, and it seems like they were kind of locked in by the eighties. Like we have so many of the same stereotypes. It seems like the past two or three decades, like kind of not much yeah. has changed in our stereotypes. We've advanced in how we view them. And yeah, yeah. yep, absolutely. In, anyway, um, it, it go back and watch them. Some it's still, I find it still kind of funny, which maybe, I don't know, maybe it's problematic, but I don't care. Um, I have a hard time with like, sometimes I think things are funny and I think that's fine. And you can recognize that a majority of people won't find this funny. This can be damaging to our community. And also I can still think it's funny. Like all yeah. that can happen at the same time. And I'm, yeah. I'm kind of reconciling that. Yep. 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 Anyway, that that's Lyle, the minute heterosexual. Okay. I still, uh, I'm something I'm still getting used to is I believe in gaydar. I believe I have a more than average chance of figuring out if someone's gay. And every time I do, I am just, I want to live in a world where I, even if someone acts like that character that I don't assume it's so hard for me. If someone acted like that, I would, I would assume they're gay and I would know for pretty sure that they were. And I need, I want to change I want that to change. I think I would probably be right these days because the people that are comfortable acting like that are going to be more than likely gay. So I think yeah. there's truth to it. And also I want it to change. And that change starts by uh, not making those assumptions. So it's. Uh, I would have a hard it's, time believing them. I know that makes me a terrible yeah, person, but like no, not no, only same. would I assume, but then like they would tell me that they were straight. And I would be like, no, you are not. <laughs> same, same. I think so many things you could just blame on society. <laughs> not me it's society no we have to take responsibility but like that's that's how we were trained that's that these things are so deeply ingrained inside of us that yeah speaking of deeply ingrained uh beliefs can i talk to you about one last thing yes absolutely it's your podcast boo you can talk about whatever the fuck you want at least half of half of it uh i'm gonna talk to you about crown acts so crown act what what is the second word Oh, act like a legislative act. Okay. Okay. Crown acts. Crown yeah. Acts. That's a hard word to, to act. Um, <laughs> okay. But we're going to back up. Stylists are not trained in all hair types, mm-hmm. especially textured hair common among black women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that the white people are waking up to the differences in black people's hair. The way to treat and respect black people includes respecting their hair and understanding that racism, that, that hair is part of the racism that we bring to 
things. And you, you've talked before a lot about, you know, oh, you're no, it's just that you're sagging your shorts. And that's what I, I think hair can be the excuse that you give to why you are being racist. And, and some people, for some people in their mind, in their mental gymnastics, lets them, lets them off the hook. And yeah. hairdressing is one of those areas. Hair is one of those areas. I didn't know. I didn't know some of this stuff. This is why I looked it up and why I'm telling you because I didn't know it before. That was dumb. Okay, uh, Michelle O'Connor, who is the artistic director for Matrix, which I w- thought was going to be the movies, but I think it's the hair thing. Oh, I'm, uh, less, Ma- I'm less invested now. I know, right? <laughs> I should have just not clarified. Uh, she said, "Quote: It's not an expectation to pass the cosmetology board. If you want to learn black hair, you had to go to black cosmetology school." Or she also mentioned like, or you could learn it from your mom or from your grandma. That's how you learn about how to handle hair common to black people or black hair. Yeah. Um, in a Vogue article, it said, quote, I went to school for 1600 hours and, oh, this is from celebrity hairstylist Tippy Shorter. Cool name. Uh, quote, I went to school for 1600 hours and we probably spent about five of those hours working on hair that wasn't naturally straight. Mm, mm, there's part mm, of this thing that i'm like ah, like should you have to like you know people specialize in things in that and maybe that's okay but then i i don't think about 1600 hours mm-hmm, is what mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. you have to spend so much time and it's all focused on white people hair yeah yeah and when you think of like there, there are lots of examples of black people can't find people that work on their hair. It is effectively, I mean, it's, it's in a, regardless of the reason behind it, it is racism. It is racism. If you cannot, if you walk into a barbershop and they say, we cannot deal with your hair because it is hair common to black people. Like mm-hmm. that's nothing but racism. That's purely racism. Um, in the UK. Well, last, hold on. Okay. I mean, if, Black, black people hair is different and you mm-hmm. don't know how to do it. I would think saying, saying, no, no, I'm sorry. I can't do your hair because I don't know how to is better than doing it and fucking it up. Like um, it's institutional yes. racism. Maybe yes. like that, that I would buy. Like, yeah. The, uh, and the, the, I have 1600 hours of training all on white people hair. The training that you're given, this is where it's institutionalized. The training that you're given it only works on one type of like yeah. one type of race's hair yeah, and, yeah. and then to extend it to personal responsibility, if you as a hairdresser can only work on white people, I don't, you know, are you comfortable with that as a human that you are right. going to turn down bl- every black person because they are black? Like, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. In the I UK. Also, uh, about that. I, I was also going to say, I have it on good authority that like, finding finding places to go in Seattle is very very difficult and mm. that's that, that's a matter of population right like Seattle's so white there aren't very many black people yeah. in Seattle there's just less of a um uh, infrastructure there like there, there just aren't that many people that can do black people hair in Seattle yeah. and I, I, just, I think that's I just know that's a challenge yeah uh, but I think that's a common challenge I think that happens a lot of places where it's hard to find someone that does black people's hair mm-hmm. um in the UK last year, the National Occupancy Standards, NOS, I think, is that what they were talking about in Fast and the Furious? I don't know. The NOS uh, for hairdressing was updated so that all hairdressers will have to be trained in cutting and styling. They called it Afro textured hair. 
Okay. So they, they updated. So their training has to include black people's hair. There is, uh, there is also, so th- there's the institutional racism of the training that we are given to focus solely on white people to the exclusion of black people. There is also the treatment of people for having their hair the way their hair is. So black people are treated differently, worse. They are fired. They are, um, they, they are harmed by society for having their own natural hair. Um, yep. we expect the, it to look like white people hair and we, we treat them worse when they have hair that is natural to them or to their culture. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's where the crown act comes up. The crown act is a, Proposed federal legislation called the crown stands for creating a respectful and open world for natural hair, which I I mean, backronym city, but sure. (laughs) Natural hair crown. There's no H crown. I just realized that crown natural hair. I don't know. Okay, sure. Crown. Um, The goal is to uh, prohibit discrimination based on hairstyle and hair texture by clarifying because (laughs) clarifying that discrimination against hair is illegal. It's kind of trying to confirm that discrimination against hairstyle is currently already illegal under federal law because we prohibit discrimination based on race. And Mm -hmm. that is in fact needed because lawsuits have been thrown out or not um, you know, not gone in the right way because someone has said like, Oh, well that's actually hair. You can change your hair that, you know, Mm -hmm. they've given excuses. Um, you can go to the crown act.com. Apparently 19 States have at the state level, 19 States have passed it. So they have this big thing that says 19 down 31 to go in March, 2022, earlier this year, at the federal level, it passed like many bills. It passed the House and the Senate did fuck all with it. <laughs> wow. So we're recording this. God, the day we even mentioned this the day before the midterm. So you all know what happened and we don't. I'm God, I'm nervous. Um, I legitimately had to have a actual conversation with somebody at work about like, what if the midterms happen and civil war breaks out while I'm overseas? Like, Will I come back? The answer is no, Kyle. The answer is no. To, I mean, to stay in India or Singapore, I mean, they have challenges all their own. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm going to the Netherlands this weekend, so oh, that's, that's, where that's right. I mean, and you, and uh, that means weeks before you get back, you can find a Canadian husband. We're still going to do your podcast. Mike needs a Canadian husband. Yes, yes. Um, I yes, want. I'll, yes. I'll get. I'll marry the runner-up. That'll be your your <laughs> runner-up prize. Anyway. <laughs> So if it didn't pass already, it's not going to, I don't know. So, so it has not passed the Senate. So it is not federal law yet, but it is a legislation I was unaware of until this, that, that is trying to confirm what should already be a fact is that it is, it should be illegal to, you know, uh, uh, discriminate based on hair, especially black people's hair. What is that site again? I was trying to find it. Uh, the crown act.com. The crown act.com. Crossing my fingers that it's right. Yep, it's but it's it's not Crown Huff Act. It's, no, 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 no. No, it's just Crown the regular way. You should see me in a crown. Great. I think I'm going to save because of time. I think I'm going to save talking about men. I have I have some numbers on men in barbershops. Ooh. I think I'm going to save that. I'm going to t- and interestingly, the UN's barbership conference. I'm going to save that for for uh, Patreon. Okay. So did we do it? We talked about hairdressers. Ah, 
that we we directly <laughs> I think we don't do this often enough is just directly be like what are the stereotypes and are they good or bad or what yeah we think we did we, <laughs> that's what I was trying to do with yeah we did I think we did it we did. I think we did it too okay wow this is the most confident we felt about it, doing it that's whenever I feel good about an episode I always listen later and I'm like this is bad <laughs> so but, I don't but, know. But, you're ruining it before this moment passes let's take a break (laughs) (laughs) let's take a break (laughs) let's take a break this is the part where mike and kyle take a break so are we back we're back we're back we are gonna cut our hair we're we're gonna no we're no no no, sorry we're gonna do our gays and straightest (laughs) do our gays and straightest but first our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are we have communities on Discord, Facebook groups, and spaces, and we're also all over social media at Gayish Podcast. Our hotline, you can send us text messages, leave us voicemails. It's 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Gays and straight is? Um, well, okay. Well, oh, oh, first programming note. It is my birthday next weekend, and I'm not doing this goddamn show on my fucking birthday <laughs> this year. Like, you're traveling. We you're... didn't win the podcast awards. <laughs> so I like I was gonna quit the show. I am quitting the show for one week only. <laughs> We're gonna have a guest host, a, a friend of the show, you know and love her. Mm-hmm. We'll give away that at least that clue, but otherwise you'll have to tune in to see who it is. Yeah, it's a secret. Guest co-host. We it's it's like a a few people that we have had as guest co-hosts, a limited number, but I'm excited to have her on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear it and have not have to work do even less work to hear an episode <laughs> of our show. Uh happy birthday, Mike. Happy early birthday. Thank you very, very much. Turning turning uh what quarenta cuatro. I'm excited. I'm not excited. Uh, is this something magical supposed to happen on your birthday where it's like a repeated digit? Like doesn't, I don't know. Like is my dick supposed to get bigger or something this year? I don't know. I think you get blowjobs from two fours. Okay. <laughs> Great. Great. Yeah. Well, I mean, just wait till you turn like 99. Yeah. Ooh. It's going to be hot. Ooh. <laughs> That's worth living for. That's <laughs> the only thing I'm, I'm only on for, Mike. <laughs> Um, and also uh, a local gay bar review are you ready for this i'm ready i want to talk to you about the tin room in dallas texas tin room yep oh my god okay Okay. i was in dallas for a fraternity conference and i of course me being me uh uh googled for go-go bars in dallas (laughs) yeah sure this place came up and it is a latino go-go bar and I walked in and it was, there was a fog machine and all of these lights and wall to wall naked sluts. It was just, <laughs> it, it was, it was just speedos. And I mean, the, lots and lots and lots of go-go boys who were very aggressive. Ooh. One immediately walked up to me, laid a kiss on me and grabbed my package what and, w- and w- was like where did they kiss you like like right like right here like on the cheek a cheek yeah. okay and and was like i'll take you to the vip room right now i was like dude i am in line to get a beer i have been here exactly <laughs> two and a half minutes please saw, let- i think he saw the gray hair and was like we got to do this yeah hey yeah 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 he called me poppy which i really liked 
Um, oh, okay. He was very, very sexy. I, I had a lot of fun. I was there with a couple of fraternity brothers who are also like encouraging me. When I suggested we go to Tin Room, the one who was a Dallas local was like, oh, okay, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> that said enough about you. He got it. He got all of you from that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Spent a lot of money on a lot of go-go boys and drank a lot of beer for dildos. Jesus. <laughs> Man, it's a difficult world being a gay bar reviewed by Mike Johnson. <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you know, gotta play hard to get, Kyle. I not if you're a go-go boy at Tin Room. <laughs> uh gayest and straightest? Let's do our gayest and straightest. Okay, I'll go. Um, my gayest is I will just keep rolling from this episode. Just the fact that I'm working on my hair. I'm like actively working with my hairstylist Tiffany to like do a hair thing and we're in progress like working on it together it's like we have a hair plan yeah i have a hair plan and a schedule and yeah uh yeah my hair plan my straightest is i've been doing a couple straight things around my place i this is a dumb one but it still felt straight i changed the like on on your plugs like the plate that goes mm-hmm. around it because it broke and so i ordered a new one and changed it it's one screw you know mm-hmm. but one screw sometimes that sometimes one screw can be straight yeah, that's all you need to be straight. Is that's all you need. Um, I, I put together a medicine cabinet. I need to hang it up, but I, I, I don't know. I've just been doing some some putting together shit and taking taking care of the home shit. Yeah, yeah. You've been doing a lot of that lately too, right? Like, like you've had like yeah, yeah projects and progress and stuff. Like it's been really it's good. I'm, I've been making my home feel a little bit more homey to me and comfortable. Like I'm here so much time, and I did nothing during COVID. I just kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I've been appreciating and enjoying doing this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's see. The The straightest thing about me this week, night before last, I went out with some colleagues. It was my first night in Hyderabad and uh, went to this really awesome restaurant. That, that's not the straightest thing. The straightest thing is like talking to these these Indian men and trying to find things that like we can even remotely relate relate about because like we don't have uh-huh. cultural references to draw on. <laughs> I don't have being straight as a thing that I can draw on very, very well. Anyway, I got to, I did get to ask a, a a a male colleague how many CCs the engine was of his motorcycle. Sure. Is that a okay he told me at length about his bike <laughs> and you know you did a good question when they talk for a long time. You're like, oh, I asked the right thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then the, the the gayest thing about me this week was just I I I couldn't I, I was having dinner again with, with colleagues here at the hotel. Our server was gay. Like, <laughs> it, it, like if you like if you come across as super duper gay to me in a foreign country like it, this this poor twink i tell you what tra- tra- just, transcends borders yes, yes absolutely twinks without but, borders <laughs> twinks without borders <laughs> um and i just i just couldn't help myself i had to point out the twink to the people at my table um and the straight uh, people the straight people at the table they loved it they thought it was hilarious oh i bet um yeah um, that was a lot of fun india doesn't have gay bars does it no zero and uh so sunday night uh, they have rainbow night at a place called giggle water. And I was going to go there to do a local gay bar review. That's not really a gay bar. Mm-hmm. I was so fucking wiped out. I asked you if we could record later and I, I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. And I, that it hurts me. I'm disappointed. Like I was here, could have gone mm. and didn't, but in a, in a city of like millions and millions of people, zero gay bars. Cause that's how they roll in India. 
Yeah. Uh, so we have a we have a listener's gay astratus this week. You want to go for it? No. Okay. I don't great. have both up. <laughs> it's from Sean Grabert. Came to our email. It said, "Gayest obsessing over my car every time the check engine light comes on." Also, sorry. God, he told me how to pronounce it, and I specifically said I will definitely remember. But his uh, Grabert. I know it's Grabert. You don't pronounce the D. Grabert. I'm sorry, Sean. You knew Sean, this was going to happen. Okay. Sean Grabert. Gayest, obsessing over my car every time the check engine light comes on. <laughs> Straightest, troubleshooting the damn thing myself because I don't want to spend the money to take it to the dealer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could not I, do that. I, I feel like like the, the check engine light coming on and like ignoring it is kind of a gay thing to do. Just like, oh, yeah. hope it doesn't, hope it goes away. <laughs> Yo, hoping a problem goes away without you having to do anything about it god if that's not gay yeah. <laughs> oh i made me sad by the end here okay yeah um that is it uh thank you thank you thank you to all of the hairdressers past present and future that didn't rape their clients <laughs> uh, oh god thanks and thanks to bisexuals completely unrelated uh yeah. we you, you exist we see you we know you exist um and thanks to straight hairdressers we also see yeah. you equally yeah. you're equally valid as bisexuals and and thank you to dana carvey yum yum yummy beer sure sure and thank you to sport clip you know let's make mm-hmm. straight men comfortable again um yeah. also <laughs> thank you to the following super gap bridgers christopher Muntean, john crowley stephen porch god i Need to take a running start. Christopher Muntean, John Crowley, Stephen Portio, Stoshel, Harry Saw, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montanez, Forrest Nell, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Thomas B. Dusty Sands, A.E. Coleman, Chris Cacciatorians, and Jerome York. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you very, very much. And uh, that is it from the Chris Cacciatorian Studios. This has been Gayish. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. Is it like if you could measure how stereotypical people are that that gay? Oh, it's time for me to wake up, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh God, this is horrible for you. You you are. <laughs> thank you for being here, Mike. This is this is rough. You get a pass on all your. Okay. Oh, don't say. Never say that to me. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Stick with me. Hang in there. It's amazing.